What's up, everybody? Welcome to Screen Geeks Radio, episode 135. This is Dave. This is Ethan. And Happy New Year to everyone. Barry wanted to be here desperately because he really wants to talk about this topic, but unfortunately got a special souvenir on vacation and got sick. So he should be back next week by the time we do our top tens. So, yeah, it's all good. Did you have a good Christmas, sir? Got an Ed Hardy shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And? An iPhone. And? So, a can of Axe Body Spray. Okay, yeah. Just wanted to... One out of three ain't bad. This is true. You know, the iPhone The iPhone does make up for a multitude of miscues. Yeah. It's kind of hard to go wrong with that. I got many good and awesome movies, and it was great. Yeah. Um, so, I, do you have much you want to talk about that you watched while on break? Uh, on break, uh, I watched a lot, top. so I won't even bring it up, but I, okay. I watched enough this week. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I saw a rabbit hole, which wasn't bad, but honestly, it's, pre- it's a pretty dry movie, and I, I admire the writing and the performances in it, but it's completely suffocated by just the TV movie f- look and of the, yeah, just meh, didn't work for me. Okay. Not a terrible movie, but just, eh. Um, looking at my Twitter, what else well, I I'm not allowed to look at right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched The Double Life of Veronique for the first time ever. What was that? The uh, Kieslowski film. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty beautiful-looking movie. That's mostly what I can say about it. I'd like to watch it again just to absorb it a bit more. But, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I also watched Cruising for the first time ever. Okay. That was That was interesting. I will say I did genuinely enjoy it. I think it's a pretty interesting movie, and uh, I think it has a pretty awesome performance by Al Pacino in it. Particularly the scene where he's weightlifting, and there's like this like ridiculous music playing, and he's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah." It's pretty great. And there's this other scene where he's just dancing in a gay bar while he's on acid, and it's pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> and there's this other scene I have to tell you about. I, this is ruining the best scene in the movie, but you have to hear it. You won't even believe believe it when you hear it. There's this scene where um, there the police are interrogating this guy. He he picked up in a bar, and out of nowhere, this big buff black dude wearing only like a cowboy hat and underwear comes out and smacks Al Pacino across the face. It's like one of the what biggest WTFs I've ever seen in a movie. I could not believe it, but it's amazing. It's a very wow. good movie. Okay. I'd watch it. Okay. Um, uh, I have to go through so much garbage here. Uh, I watched F or Fake for the first time ever. And I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Is that any, any good? It sounds interesting. It's awesome. It's weird. I, I never realized. Basically, it almost feel like if Exit to the Gift Shop was it is indeed fake, I think that Banksy was just basically trying to remake F for Fake. It's actually amazing how similar they are. And uh, Orson Welles is just super badass in it. He wears a cape. When I'm old, I want to wear a cape. <laughs> so it's like nice. you can get away with wearing a cape when you're old. Like It's like he's old. He could wear a cape. Yeah, totally. I figure we can talk about uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop next week on our Best Of. Yes, definitely. Um, I saw A Prophet, finally. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, it starts out very accessible and kind of 
watchable and you know just fun almost but then it gets kind of complicated and feels very long in the second half but i still really admired it it's a very absorbing and well-made film so i'm glad i finally saw it cool uh what else what else what uh one other thing but i'll be talking about that next week so that's what most of my watching has been that's why i've got one movie for this segment and i watched a movie that got released this week and that's about it yeah so okay um all i watched was i on barry's recommendation from the last episode i i I was able to track down a copy of monsters and watch that and by by saying you tracked down a copy you had to go to mexico and like knife three people right or just import it whichever you know i've got a copy of um of joe dante's the whole coming wow yeah yeah it's on blu-ray in other countries already so i'm i'm can't wait to watch that it's uh, I can't quite go as far as Barry did calling it this year's ink. In some ways, it is because of how much they did with how much how little their money they had to work with. Uh, it's far broader in scope than ink. I mean, it essentially plays like. Go ahead. I was gonna say it probably still cost like what ten times as much as ink, didn't it? No, it was like five hundred grand. How much was ink? Two fifty. Okay. So yeah, they. It's two entirely different films. I think what both films illustrate is that budget doesn't give you truly a good idea of whether a film is good or not. Uh, they, they, they threw every single penny on screen for this movie, and it looks gorgeous. The aliens are done very well. The story's pretty darn good. It just didn't grab me with quite the same hook. But it's still it's good, and it's well worth checking out when you get a chance to see it. And that's really all I can talk about. Movie-wise, you know, that I've, until next week, so... Oh, do you want to bring up Tron or oh, yeah. True Grit or sure. The Fighter well, or any of those kinds of movies? Well, I can tell you two of those movies I'll be talking about next week, but we, we can talk about them now if you want to. Okay, Tron, since I hope Tron isn't one of those two movies you're talking about next week. It is I'll just not. Say. It is not. It's, uh, I will say okay, that Tron good. did not even end up on my honorable mention list, even though I had a good time with it. Okay. Um, I'll let you kick it off since you... I, en- uh, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it looked great. The art direction, the visual effects, and the score, and particularly Michael Sheen all kept me very interested. <laughs> but man, the dialogue, like, oh, the Kevin, Kevin, or which, which, what's the son? Was it Kevin Flynn or Sam Flynn? What was Sam the son's was the name? Son. Sam's the son. Okay, oh boy, all his dialogue. Ooh, ooh. Really? Like, every line was... He talked like a, a character in a Disney Channel sitcom. It was all like... He was like on the light cycle scene. He was like, he was like no way! Or, you gotta be kidding me. It's like all written by like a 10-year-old. Oh my god. And uh, and the plot was just... There was no stakes. Uh, like, what what was the computer program's idea? Like, what, what were they going to do? How were they, they were trying to take over the world, right? What were yeah, they going to do? Gonna like, go, just throw frisbees the, at everyone? It, totally. No, they were going to go into the real world and try to take it over, which that part didn't really click with me either. But go, go Yeah, ahead. like just throwing frisbees. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, They're going to rule but, the frisbee golf courses of the world. I, I, enjoy, I still, I'll still say I enjoyed it more than a lot of the blockbusters that came out this year, but... I felt a little like embarrassed when you guys were just defending it a bit. So, I, I think with a proper perspective, it's fun. I, I think that it's not. It's honestly not that much better than the original film. 
I think it's fair to say that, especially considering how much of the dialogue that could have been taken as just throwaway, you know, shout-outs to the fans were actually, like, taking exact lines from the original film and making it relevant to the plot, which was kind of a little sketchy. I saw it a second time. I enjoyed it even more the second time, partially because I saw it in 2D. I thought it was better in 2D than 3D. By far. It's kind of sad. Uh, but I had a good time with it. I mean, my review's up on the site. I think it's a solid, fun film. If you're not a fan of Tron and if you're not a geek, I can totally see you hating this movie, and I have no problem with that. <laughs> um, I had a good time with it. Sorry, the way you said that was kind of funny. Well, I did. I did. It... I, I had a good time with it. I'm going to say that's my saying now. Okay, there it is. There it is. There was a, a film reviewer out there who I will not call out because it's, that's just not cool to do, but he said that Tron was the worst movie he'd seen this year, to which my response was, okay, if you're disappointed, I totally understand, but if that's the worst movie you've seen this year, you haven't seen bad movies at all. So, yeah, again, this movie still has Michael Sheen as David Bowie shooting lasers out of a cane while a Daft Punk song plays. That... That probably gave it a passing grade from me. And I was really disappointed that the uh, the the cameo of Ed Dillinger was a complete throwaway. That was a disappointment. I was oh, waiting the for him to show up later. Cillian Murphy, yeah. That, yeah, that was that was weird. All I can and think since it's probably not going to be a sequel, right? He's not gonna. He's never going to get the chance to shine. That's kind of the theory. I, it's not doing that great at the box office. I'm. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Like I said, like you know, you you've so commandeered the line. But I'm also only going to defend it to a point. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on to what hit theaters this past weekend. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, let me get to it here. It, it, it's a banner weekend. We can tell we're in January. Uh, we have got Season of the Witch starring Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman. The sure-to-be Oscar Yay. contender. Or Razzie contender from the reviews I've been reading. I might go see it on Tuesday. Are you? Cheap night. Oh, well, maybe Tuesday, cheap night, six bucks, maybe. There you go. And then uh, Garrett Hedlund strikes again with, uh, <laughs> with, 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 uh, shoot, why can't I space her? Why am I spacing her name? Uh, Country Strong. Uh, Pepper uh, Hill. <laughs> there it is, yes. Gwyneth Paltrow. Joey Behar? No, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, and, oh. yeah, yeah, and, and, Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> yes, and she sings the whole way through. It's a musical. Yes, you didn't see either of these, right? No. <laughs> I'll talk briefly about Country Strong. It's it didn't it wasn't near as bad as I was expecting it to be. January, I think, is kind of turning into either the month where complete crap comes out, or the films that the studio has no clue what they're going to do with it come out. You know, like last year we had um, the Book of Eli and Daybreakers come out in January. The year before we had Taken, stuff like that. Um, this year, this isn't on par with those, don't get me wrong, but it's not a bad movie. Um, if you hate country music and avoid it like the plague, if you are okay with country music, it's worth checking out. Uh, the interesting, one of the interesting things is that all three actors do their own singing and Garrett Hedlund actually can sing. Kind of shocked me. Not as much as him being the real deal when it came to acting. But can he sing dialogue? Can he sing dialogue? I don't know about that, but his actual Can he, can he make it sing? Can he make it sing? He doesn't have a melodic voice and, and delivery, no. <laughs> wow, mm. I don't know. But he was actually, he was probably the high point of the movie for me because it showed that he actually can act when he's given an, a good script and, and has actually has a chance to really kind of let himself shine. Uh, everyone else is decent in it. It's it's worth checking out in theaters, maybe on a matinee or something like that. Otherwise, you know, if you're not the biggest country fan, wait for DVD. That's really the best I can say about it. 
It's I mean you you throw failed movie actress in there and you've got you know the the Lindsay Lohan story. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right, let's move on to what's hitting DVD this week. This week we have got Dances with Wolves, the 20th anniversary edition, which I guess is the extended cut. Because, you know... I, two, two it needed half, to be longer. Yeah, because two and a half hours wasn't long enough the first time around. Isn't it like three? Something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm I, so that's the thing. I, I, saw it, I saw it when it was really young. I, should, I feel like it's something I should watch again, but I just don't... It's like... No. Nah, too understand. long. Yeah, as I said before, I got dragged to this four times in the theater so I can live the rest of my life without seeing this movie ever again. Yeah. Uh, we've got Piranha coming out on the DV- a DVD edition, a Blu-ray edition, and a 3D Blu-ray edition. Did uh, either you or Barry see that? I think... I don't know. I know Barry wanted to. I'm not sure if he got to or not. I'll end up it's, renting this. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It looks like a goofy, fun movie just to pass the time. That's really all I'm Pretty much. For. It's... Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, then we've also got Alpha and Omega, some animated crappy movie that I don't know anything about. Uh, Louis C.K. Hilarious, which I've seen, and it's pretty stinking funny. Hilarious? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. I'm not going to say hilarious, because if you watch the movie, you learn to hate the word hilarious. Uh, then we've also got a couple of Criterion Blu-ray editions. We've got, first up, uh, Robin Caruso on Mars. Mm. Kind of nice, yeah. And then Army of Shadows is also getting a Blu-ray release. Oh, yes. And then finally... What should be a Criterion film, in my opinion, but apparently from the, the features, it may as well be a Criterion. We've got the Social Network hidden as well, which is already on my on its way to me from Amazon. <sighs> mm, looking forward to watching that again. Yeah, there's like an 18-minute discussion with Trent Reznor, David Frencher, and I think Atticus Ross talking about scoring the film. Yeah, and actually, I was just going to mention uh, a screener of that movie leaked out early, right? And it's on our school's... Uh, residence or server or download server and i no. tried watching just to like watch bits of it just you know relive the glory and like it like cuts off like the top and top and bottom so i can't even like see jesse eisenberg's great jufro and scenes it's like oh <laughs> it's kind of scary just how many high profile oscar movies are already out on screeners I mean, yeah it was out like a week later yeah which is a little disturbing because the movie deserves to be paid for and watched, and I'll leave it at that until next week. I'd like it if another year or Blue Valentine would leak memo to people who leak these things You'd before be I can make my top ten list, just saying. Yeah, I've got a couple of those kind of movies, too. I'd love to have seen Enter the Void, but apparently that's not going to happen. Oh. Yeah. I, I think I had a friend who, to, uh, he told me he was watching it, and I, he never, I think he may have actually, like, stopped watching it, like, even though he knows it's my favorite film of the year. But he hasn't brought it up, probably, because he doesn't want me to get pissed at him. So, <laughs> Spoiler, by the way, for next <laughs> week. You know, it's all good. It is all good. All right, let's move on to news. Let's just crank through this. and This might be a short episode. Well, no, we're just waiting to sharpen the knives. That's really what it comes down to. Yes, yes. So, all right, news-wise, I'll just get mine out of the way because it's probably the funniest story of the week. And that would be that, that Paramount, for some inexplicable reason, is putting out an ad campaign to try to, try to get Jackass 3... Uh, Oscar consideration for best film. I think it's a better movie than The Town. Ooh, I loved The Town. What are, what are the other like Oscar? What's like the what's the best picture lineup going to be like? Uh, I liked it more. I liked it more than The Kids Are All Right as well. Okay. Um, True Grit will be up there. King's Speech will be up there. Black Swan will be up there. Toy yeah, Story, no, no flying there. dildos in those. Oh, okay, there, there you go. Is is that what what did it for you? 
Yeah. There it is. All right. It, it is a special movie. Yeah. It's probably the best 3D movie of the year. Oh, easily. That's not yeah. even close. Yeah. I, I will bring up... Okay, when you saw Tron, did you see it in 3D? Yeah. Did they show the trailer for, what is it, Wild at Heart beforehand? I saw an IMAX, so they only showed the Pirates 4 trailer. Okay. When we went to the preview screening, whoever scheduled this, and it happens, it happened to most people who I talked to here in town, whoever, whoever you know, put up the lineup for these trailers needs to be shot because uh, this film, Wild at Heart, is essentially a documentary about people in Africa who take in orphaned animals, mostly you know, like orangutans and elephants and stuff, but it's in 3D. And when I went to the preview screening, it was in the full 80-foot-tall IMAX 3D screen and everything, and it, that 3D was amazing. Like, there was a monkey hanging on a vine, and you're waiting for it to jump in your lap. That's how good the 3D looked. And, like, this looks amazing. There is no way Tron can ever live up to this level of 3D. It did a complete disservice to the film. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, Jackass is easily the best 3D I've seen this year. Well, I guess the Pirates trailer had the sword poking at you, so. Okay, let's go ahead and start off talking. Let's talk about that trailer, because I think that trailer looks like crap. Yeah, I'm looking at a lot of the movies coming out this summer, and I'm like, it's going to be like another like five-movie summer for me, probably. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, I'm going to have to see stupid parts of the Caribbean, but here's what, what I figured out what my problem with, the, with this trailer is. You don't have Orlando Bloom, and you don't have, what's her name, the sexiest tomboy being pulled on the planet, Kira Knightley. And it's not that they were integral characters to the original film, but they provided a straight man character for all the other wacky zany characters to play off of, and you no longer have a straight man. Uh, well, who, Jeffrey Rush is in it, right? Yes. And um, Pe- Penelope uh, Spheris, right? Yes. The director of Wayne's World. There you go. I didn't. I don't know. Is she zany? I mean, she directed Wayne's World, so she's she knows funny, but I just I I see this thing. Now, granted, I hated the last two movies, so you know I, I'm probably not the demo for this. As long as it's like not two and a half hours long, maybe. Like a 90 minute movie, you might be might be down for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's going to be at least two hours. That's just how they're going. Yeah. This. I. Uh, yeah, that's true. After the trailer was over, you could hear a pin drop in the theater from the lack of enthusiasm. I will say the 3D in it, like I pointed out the, of course, the Yeah, the sword. But, uh, yeah, but it looked it looked decent to me. Like it's filmed in 3D, so at least it, it wasn't giving me a headache. True, but I'm, it, that doesn't mean I can't wait. I can totally wait to see this, even though I'm going to have to see it. Why, why are you going to have to see it? Because I'll get invited to the screener screening of it. So You, know, you can always say no, Dave. I'm trying to get into the Online Film Critics Society this year, sir. So uh, you have to get like 50 reviews written by August. I'm working okay. on like four of them concurrently right now. Um, yeah, oh, that's such a god-awful trailer. Okay, I'll let you move on because you've got some good news. That's well, awesome. actually, I have some bad news to start off with. Um, Pete Postlewaite passed away, the uh, character actor who you may remember from Jurassic Park 2 and... Usual in the name of the father and all those good films. Most definitely, I think most people would probably remember him as Mr. Kobayashi from yeah. Usual Suspects. Yeah, but he was great. I was, he was yeah, in. I've always been a fan of that dude. He he has an awesome, just an awesome look to him. A great character actor look. Just he's so skinny. You just want him to eat a burger. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a great voice too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I pointed this out. Remember, uh, it's interesting how in La- in Last of the Mohicans, he arrests Daniel Day Lewis, and the next year, and in the name of the father, he's playing his dad. I always thought that was really interesting. <laughs> Bit of rule reversal. Well, not yeah. really. Whatever. I don't know. I hurt my back last night, so I'm out of it. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. Doing what, Dave? Uh, slipping on the stairs actually, and landing square on my back. Yeah, it was awesome. The wife isn't. Uh... You can tell me, Dave. You can confide in me. The wife isn't beating you up, is she? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not being severely beaten or the victim of domestic abuse. My mom actually had a black eye recently. <laughs> like, I, I, it's not my fault. Not my fault, okay? But it was, it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Special. Wow. All right. What else have you got for news, sir? Um, it looks like uh, James Franco, everyone's favorite Jewish heartthrob, might be directing the film adaptation of Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian, one of my favorite novels. Yeah, I think he's got enough talent to do pretty much anything he wants. It's just, I love the dude, but doesn't it just seem like he's everywhere? It does. It does. Well, it, it, I think a lot of it has to do with just the wide range of roles he takes, whether you I mean he'll, he'll jump from 127 hours to pineapple express, you know, it's and hosting the Oscars and, and I was at the bookstore and I saw like a collection of short stories he wrote or something being sold. And it's like, he's quite a busy guy and prolific guy. Yeah. And the general hospital thing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hosting, what do you think of Ricky Gervais doing the uh, golden globes again? I'm not sure if I'm going to watch them next week, but I, I think he'll have some good, uh, zingers in there in fact you know what? i think i heard that I'm, i might be wrong here but i feel like i heard that mel gibson will be presenting <laughs> i'm surprised if that's asked the case back. i will so watch <laughs> i'm surprised they asked him back after some of the gags he got last year well i hope they like cut to jesse eisenberg and james franco's faces when he comes out or something or uh who, are there any like black people being nominated this year <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Maybe on the TV side, who knows? I guess I'll just women in general, too. There you go. Yes, yes. Uh, wow, yeah. Just cut to every person that he's possibly offended. So, yeah. Just keep a camera on them all. They're going to have, like, a 70-camera setup. It's worth it. Actually, yeah, it would be. Totally. Maybe he'll come out with his beaver puppet. I think he ha- he should do that. He has to do that. That's, like, the only way. Because, you know, when you, you come out with that, and everybody will be laughing, and the tension will be eased. So true and it'll act as great promotion for the film too yeah cool um next one i have is that will ferrell and john c Riley are working on a stepbrothers rap album <laughs> this just kind of made me happy to hear just hearing me them too. Do a rap album is it, hilarious i wonder if they'll get like any guests on it because I, I know that movie's huge within the rap world because i've like heard that movie like in lines from a reference in a lot of rap songs so it's like they could get like little wayne on it that'd be pretty cool yeah totally totally have you heard the new Incredibad song? You posted it on Facebook. What am I saying? Yeah, I just had sex. Yeah. Yes, that is a hilarious video. Kind of, it kind of reminds me of me and my best friend, their conversations. <laughs> okay, all right then. <laughs> I can't wait for their new album. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to sidetrack you like that. That's okay. Um, now this one I find truly depressing. Uh, one of the stars of my. Uh, film that will be appearing on my list has been cast as the lead in David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis. I Oh. How did this happen? What do you, what what do you, what do you, how does Robert Pattinson end up in a Cronenberg film? I assume that it was just like a 
I assume it's being independently financed, right? And the financiers say, you know, we need a star for this. We need a big name. Yeah, so he's just like, okay, that guy. <laughs> I know Colin Farrell was attached to this, and he and he turned this down to do the Total Recall remake. So, ooh, well, it ooh. is a bigger payday, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, gotta eat. Yep. But yeah, I oh boy, I could I could, I might be skipping a David Cronenberg movie, which is depressing, but. Oh. Yeah, like I mean, you haven't. I, I know this is based on a acclaimed novel. You haven't read the novel Cosmopolis. No. no. Maybe this is like brilliant postmodernist casting in some way. Maybe it's like a really super passive role where he won't be required to say anything. I don't know. Or he just has to stand there and mumble and look sullen. I was in a video store yesterday and they were showing Eclipse as like the in the Blu-ray section, and I just I. It looked so bad, and it was like the the big action fight between the werewolves and the vampires, and I just had to laugh and walk away. It was just so bad. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Maybe maybe Cronenberg's trying to reach out to a new uh, a new generation of moviegoers. I don't know. No, no. I, I don't see him being that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, this other story, uh, the trailer for John Carpenter's The Ward came out, and I don't think you saw the trailer, and it's not worth watching. Yeah, I, I didn't one come out a while ago, too? Like a teaser maybe, trailer or something? Maybe, maybe. I think I saw that one and had pretty much no interest in it. Yeah, to be honest, this movie, I've... You think, you know, it's like he takes ten years off, you think he's gonna come out with his guns a-blazing, and from, just from what I've read about this, oof... Yeah, yeah, it, it showed. What did it show at Telluride or uh, Toronto. Toronto? Toronto, yeah, and I don't think anyone said anything nice about it, did they? My friend uh, Ricky saw it, and he said it's. And he's a John Carpenter fan. He said it's like one of the worst films he's ever seen. Oh man, yeah, that's just so disheartening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next story. Uh, it turns out Judd Apatow's next movie will be a semi-sequel to Knocked Up, and that it will have uh, Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann's characters returning and at the forefront. That should be, I could see that working pretty well. They had a pretty fun chemistry in Knocked Up. I think it was. Pre- I, I feel like he has more to say with them too, because I feel like in that movie he really like he really painted their marriage in a really negative light, mm-hmm. and almost never. You'd think Apatow like he's not necessarily like a downer of a guy but you think he'd have a somewhat more of an optimistic thing to say so i think this yeah. will be kind of like a i don't know them working through their issues or something like that and yeah, yeah yeah and my final story is that trent Reznor will be scoring uh the girl with the dragon tattoo but i don't know if atticus ross is as well it has been confirmed he is Okay, good, because I actually think it kind of bugs me if people just say, like, just Trent Reznor's score, because Atticus Ross is really important, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's produced, like, the last four Nine Inch Nails albums. He's in Reznor's current band. He's he's in there, man. So that One of the things my wife got me for Christmas was the soundtrack, and I've been listening to it nonstop. Yeah, I've, certain tracks I've listened to, like, 30 or 40 times. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I will say I listened to that and the Tron soundtrack pretty much back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, those two are pretty awesome. Yes. Cool. All right, well, then uh, shall we go ahead and take a quick break and come back and talk about the crappiest movies of 2010 that we saw? Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sue Ellen Greenblatt is a real person, not an internet celebrity. So we've enlisted Billy Flynn and the vicar to help her tell her story. 
Geek Radio Daily gives me geeky news about movies, new DVD releases, even comics and gaming. Geek Radio Daily makes me feel special. Ah, yeah. Womanly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the episodes are just 15 minutes, perfect for my commute, or for just geeking out while I'm at the office. Mm. All in one concise love package. Ooh, the package, baby. Uh Uh-huh. And the best part is that it's a daily cast, so I'm always in the loop. Sometimes I listen to it out of the bath, put on little outfits. Ah! It makes me want to invite all my friends over to show how refreshed I feel. Mm, a slumber party, baby. What? That's not what I said. Get out the chocolate mousse duct tape. Oh, get out of here, you freaks. Geek Radio Daily. One 15-minute podcast provides 15% of the USDA-recommended daily allowance of geeky goodness. Subscribe through iTunes or visit geekradiodaily.com. That's a major accomplishment for after 35 years of being a failed filmmaker. Lloyd Kaufman gets to be on ScreenGeeks.com. And we are back. We f- I figured it'd be fitting to have the King of Schlock um, be, be our, our, our sounder coming back in to talk about the worst movies of 2010. Ever so briefly, we're going to be doing our top ten next year. I think um, next week. I think we might be skipping our... Uh, next year. <laughs> no! <laughs> but it... This has actually been a pretty good year for movies, I think. Uh, just to yeah. digress a little bit before we get to the crap. Um, but yeah, this has been a good movie, and there have been some real stinkers, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. One of them was the talk of, topic of our, one of our episodes, which I'm sure that's one of them that's showing up on both our lists. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. All right, sir. Um, so you said you got ten, right? Yeah. All right. Do you want to just do like your like ten to, five, 10 to six, and then we'll just go back and forth with our top fives? Sure, and I have to preface this with something. Um, how we decided to rank these, these are all 10 truly dreadful films, but how we decided to rank it was the, for, by length. So the shortest one is number 10, the longest is number one. Because it's, it's like the longer it is, the more pain it inflicted on me. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Okay, so want me to start? Go ahead and fire it up. Uh, my number 10 is Date Night, truly Applebee's cinema, that it's... <laughs> <laughs> finest Applebee's cinema I like that I watched it on an airplane it's like it's almost like you know straight to video and stuff I wonder if they could ever make movies straight to airplane it feels like it it feels like it one time I took a trip overseas and they showed Bed of Roses and oh that movie was excruciating mm. yeah yeah I was, now on this, at the same time on the same flight I did get to see Donnie Brasco so there was an upside to that yeah, but yeah, I can't totally What's the best movie I've ever seen? I mean, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, next one. Uh, nine is a nightmare on Elm Street. A truly pointless, utterly worthless film with almost no redeeming qualities at all. <laughs> Nothing at all to be good to be said about it. Okay. No. No. Okay. Uh, number eight would be Grown Ups. And I feel bad that every year you kind of have to save the Sandler spot on your worst of list. <laughs> it's almost like the Bull but, spot. It's sad when you yeah, mention Uva Bull. Like, and, yeah, yeah. The guy's made me laugh. Like, I think he's a funny dude, but just, oh. And the thing is, there's everyone saying, you know, it's like plotless and it's just them like releasing videos of their vacation as a movie. And you know what? I'd be fine with that if it were funny. 
Yeah, if it's entertain entertaining, covers will we'll forgive a multitude of sins easily. Yeah, I I almost saw this because I I, I kind of went through and watched a couple of movies just to try to you know see what what truly qualifies, and I've been trying to think of stuff that no one else had seen. I was gonna do Grown Ups, and I was like, no, I know you guys saw it, so I gotta skip it. I wish I wouldn't have been so. Uh, well, it does have Toe J. Simpson again. There you go. That's one redeeming quality. Toe J. Simpson. Um, let's see. Next on my list is The Wolfman. A truly unscary, unthrilling, unmemorable, unentertaining film. So the- and I would argue that uh, Benicio Del Toro's one-minute role in Somewhere is a better performance than in this <laughs> film. Dang. Okay. So I've I've heard from some people that you know they they're like I can I I can see there's a good movie in there somewhere. Could you see that movie in the Wolfman anywhere or just? I can just... see traces. I can see kind of sort of slight traces of like Mark Romanek in it because he was originally supposed to direct it. Like I could yeah. see maybe things that were his ideas or like designs he approved or something. But uh... okay, avoid it at all costs. Gotcha. Um, my number six is The Last Airbender from M. Night Shyamalama Rama Rama Jajama Dinama Wantama Bonama Jing Dong Nice place uh, This movie's been so trash that I just I feel it's like you know the, when we talk about the social network it'll be hard to like say anything new about that because the movie's been so acclaimed it's like and when this, we did our this movie's been so trashed it's like when we did our episode and of the yeah, Seven Samurai. Just, You're like, what else is there to say? Basically, yeah, I just... Oof. <laughs> it's all true? And is that really yeah, what that's all, have, is? that's all I have to say about those pieces of junk. Okay, cool. I guess I'll kick off with uh, my number five. Probably the least painful of the movies on this list, but it's still crappy. It's like a, a crappy version. Did you ever watch... Did you? Are you a Looney Tunes guy from back in the day? Yeah, I guess. Do you remember seeing the cartoon where it's essentially the Hatfields and the McCoys? You got these two inbred hillbilly families fighting each other, and Bugs Bunny, you know, kind of runs around making trouble between both families. This isn't. This is wait. Winter's Bones on your list? No. Oh, dang, dang, sir! I saw that, and that is not one of the worst movies of the year. I can tell you that much. Uh, no, Survival of the Dead. That that's right. I'm making a Hatfields oh. and McCoy joke about Survival of the Dead. It's probably the least offensive of the movies on this list. Um, but it's not a good movie at all. I someone needs to talk to Romero and and he he needs some, so an editor to help kind of flesh these ideas out because this was not good. It, there wasn't a single. Yeah. Uh, no, I that and Diary. Did you see Diary of the Dead? No, I did not. But apparently, he has characters from Diary of the Dead. Yeah, those two just just not interested. The acting is awful all the way across the board. It's like you know, they're but they're Scottish, so that makes it different from you know an inbred hillbilly family. And there's just so many liberties taken with the, the established mythos, and it's just paced poorly. It's not entertaining at all. I was checking my watch every five minutes. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. What's your number five, sir? My number five is Clash of the Titans. I only saw this because a friend who I hadn't seen in a while wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. And we went to the theater, I had a lot of snacks, and I sort of just zoned out. 
<laughs> so you don't remember much of the movie, actually. Honestly, I just I just remember it being really just lifeless and unentertaining. I will say I saw it in two D. I didn't see in three D, which probably which probably would have lowered my opinion even more. But yeah, just in oof, not the special effects did nothing for me. Action did nothing for me. I wish I wish it would have been silly. Like it just was not silly enough, in my opinion. Okay. And Sam Worthington, I've defended a few times, but this movie, <laughs> he's just bad. Are you done defending him? Yeah, I think so. All right, then. Don't hold back now. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Where'd my list go? My list just disappeared. Hang on. All right, next up on my list, uh, my number four. That's the wrong list. There's the right one. Man, you know, just kind of trying to find the one that hurts the least, I guess... Honestly, the one that hurt the least next would be the aforementioned Robert Pattinson's Remember Me. Oof. Which means, yes, there are three movies on this list worse than that one. And, again, there was really... I mean, Pierce Brosnan even was wasted in this movie. At least he he was having fun, you know? This is true. At least he wasn't enjoying himself. At least he wasn't doing Zoolander poses, masquerading as... Anguish, you know. Yeah, and and he did, you know. To his, I, I think it's fair to say he's the Chris Klein in a Street Fighter kind of role for the year. He's in a crappy movie. He knows it. He's having a good time. Yeah. And Pattinson's trying so hard to be the the, the James Dean Rebel without a cause, and it's so obvious cool. he's the Rebel without a clue. And oh, that's a good one there. Yeah, the movie earned its ending because I think that just really kind of sums up the entire film overall. Followed by the yeah. opening to Postal. I still, I still say that those are per- that's a perfect double feature. Uh, number four on my list is Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, which I had put off watching. I said I'm never going to watch this movie, but you know what? I just felt like you know what? I've seen every Tim Burton movie except this one. I should at least just complete you know the filmography, and I did, and I wish I hadn't. This movie is so just ugly to look at Hmm. boring plotless and not in a good way um i found just the way it simplified lewis carroll's vision into just this bland like hero's quest movie was just kind of offensive and i the dance by johnny i was waiting for it there it is the most just biggest like what the like seriously and when they had the gall to bring it back she does it again at the end i was so just like i hate this movie so much oh i liked it when i first saw it i mean i'm sure you remember me saying that i'm sure now you're thinking what the heck was i thinking i've had the opportunity to buy that movie several times and i just can't bring myself to do it i don't know if he caught me on a good day or what but i'm just yeah yeah I think the only thing I liked about the movie was Crispin Glover's talking horse, and it only had one line. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a special movie. All right. Again, don't hold back, sir. Oh man, you know, getting we're getting to the point. My number one movie has been number one for all year long. So that won't be any shock to anyone, but but the number two and three, it was kind of a toss up for which one was worse. And I'm going to put this one at number three simply... Well, no. No, I'm going to make the other one number three. The Switch with uh, Jennifer Aniston and... Uh, oh, Patrick so, Bateman. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yes. And, as, as well as uh, the Doctor from, from Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's all... Both the, this movie and the movie that I have after this are have 
perpetrate one of the worst crimes that you can in a film, and that's to have an incredibly talented cast and completely waste them. Uh, when you, the, the scenes when you have Jason Bateman and Jeff Goldblum on screen together are absolute gold. I'm having fun watching the movie. The movie's firing on all cylinders, and then as soon as Jennifer Aniston shows up on screen, it dies. It, 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 it just can't take it anymore and jumps off the cliff. Uh, Patrick Wilson, who's a good actor. He's been great in a lot of stuff he's done lately. Completely wasted in this movie. The film tries to be funny. Um, Juliette Lewis, someone else who I really enjoy as an actress. I wanted her to die a horrible, horrible death. And and that's never a good sign for a film when it's someone you're supposed to kind of sort of like. And this movie fails on every single level. And, and it's really a waste of potential. Okay, no. It's not a waste of potential because the entire movie is about a guy swapping the sperm in a cup that a girl's going to get inseminated with. So you can really only go so far from it. But as far as the cast, it was a complete waste of everyone's time involved. Don't watch this movie. Don't. Yeah. So what's your number three, sir? My number three is Night and Day. Uh, brutally unfunny, brutally yeah. unentertaining action comedy again when you have an action comedy where the comedy doesn't work and the action doesn't work you kind of have a problem yeah yeah cameron diaz was completely uninspiring in the film oh just screaming the entire movie oh so annoying and tom cruise like the dude's trying but he's just he's just he's got nothing but well, no, i i would take a little exception with that he has been funny in the past but this just was not the case in this one this was a, this was a failure I mean, I, I know Barry liked it a lot more than I did, but I just walked out like, why? why? Yeah. I was more disappointed. Wait, yeah. It seems like it's a movie that, like, its best, like, its ultimate ambition is to be forgettable fun. When your ultimate ambition <laughs> is that, you're on my list. There you go. Yeah. I Oh, yeah, that was, I'll never watch that movie again, ever. No. Uh, number two. Oh, man. Jonah Hex. It's a lot of number two in that one, huh? Oh, there is. There is. It's like they told... Man, I... It's like they told Josh Brolin, we want you to do an impersonation of Adam Baldwin doing as Jane Cobb the whole time, but don't be as good. And John Malkovich is a complete and utter waste on the screen. Michael Shannon's in it, too. I love that dude. It... Oh... Again, you know, it, when Megan Fox is your main romantic interest, they're, you're not going to go anywhere good with it. And this movie does nothing to change her uh, quote-unquote street cred. Mm. And uh, they've also got... Uh, are you trying to say something? I was going to say, an entire movie of a guy talking like, yeah, yeah well, I think that... Rah, rah. That's probably uh, why I didn't watch it. There was a way that they could have pulled that off. And the funny thing is, Adam Baldwin actually was the voice of uh, Jonah Hex in, a, I think, a Justice League episode or something on the cartoon. It was the whole thing was like, right through eyes. Honestly, he doesn't sound too bad. It actually kind of works. The problem is they complete all the other problem. There's so many problems with this movie. It kind of reminds me of Shanghai Nights in some ways. Oh, great but comparison. A, but not as good. Ooh. Yeah, because it, it, it ends with fireworks. And it feels very derivative of that. They've changed the entire origin of the character, made him, him super, some supernatural entity who can bring back the dead to question them, and when he lets go, they, they die again. And it, it's purely as a plot device, and it makes no sense, and it has no payoff. The movie is a waste from top to bottom. I never thought I'd be seeing a year when Josh Brolin's going to end up on my worst uh, in a film, on my worst of the year list and my best of the year list. 
Again, spoiler for next week, but I'm sure you can figure out what movie that is. And, it, oh, yeah, there's just so much to hate about this movie. I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching on screen. It's, it's really short, though, right? It isn't like 75 minutes or something? It's like 85 minutes, but it felt like about 135. Ouch. So, yeah, I... I even on a dare, I wouldn't watch this movie again. There's no way. Yes. So, Ethan, what, My what, what takes number your number two? two? Is uh, should, the should aforementioned we, "Remember Me"? Should we, in the future, just rename our number one to number two? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll do. That's it a good time. idea. We'll see. We'll see. So, remember me. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. This movie is like it feels like it was written by like a first-year creative writing student whose favorite movie is Seven Pounds. It's like, when I write, I look in my Seven Pounds poster above my desk, and it's inspiration. <laughs> wow. Seven Pounds wasn't that bad. Oh, well, I haven't seen it, but that's just what I imagine this movie being like. And I... Like, I think, you know, your movie's in trouble when to show that your character's going under, like, this deep anxiety, this this turmoil. It shows him in a movie theater not laughing at American Pie 2. That's, like, just feeling depths. Are you, are you trying to say that the movie's ham-handed a little bit? Maybe. But, oh. And just Robert Pattinson just is just like unwatchable in it. Like, like maybe it's a movie where maybe if you had like you know Ryan Gosling or Joseph Gordon-Levitt or something. Like, maybe it could be like just a just a little little. But having that script with that horrible dialogue, oh my god, so overwritten. The only time the and movie this, isn't a complete disaster is when the sister's on screen. I thought she was, like, the one semi-bright spot of the whole film. Even then, what was that whole thing in that movie where, like, she went to her class and she went psycho or something? Like, what I, was I've that? I've blocked the rest of the movie out. It's been so long. It's oh, jeez. Like, oh. Yeah. And, yeah, the ending. <laughs> nothing to say. Nothing to say there. No, no, no so special all right so here it is number one um you know it's bad when i go out to find a drop for <laughs> for describing what i'd rather do than ever watch one in rome again i would rather mm. have my uh, testicles spread wafer thin and then sort of pasted with honey and then have wasps unleashed at my own genitals and then i'd like the resulting stings to be covered in vinegar and sort of worn as a swimming cap by a nazi you know, I, when I, I take it back. When I said that these previous movies were a waste from top to bottom, this one shows it shows everyone how it's done. There is nothing good about this movie. You know, the funny thing is, I love Kristen Bell, and she's been in good movies this year. Even I mean, even even you again wasn't a bad movie. She's kind of doing trying to do the more mainstream movies, and she can she can do it. Josh Duhamel, the potential was actually there outside of Transformers. You know, he could be not the worst actor of all time. This movie did neither of them any favors. There's probably about five or ten seconds in the whole movie where you can feel there could be some chemistry here until you've got frickin' Steven Johnson, whatever his name is, dude who did Daredevil. Because of this movie, I refuse to, to defend Daredevil anymore. Because Mark Steven Johnson. Because of how bad this movie was. I defended the director's cut of Daredevil because I thought there was still goodness in there, and I do, but I'm done defending him as a director because this movie is garbage in every way when one of your jokes is 
you have um, John Heater in an apartment, and and what's it, uh, shoot Pedro shows up, and it's supposed to be funny because Pedro's there. Uh. You've got problems. Ooh. When I had to lean over to my friend, I took ten minutes in and tell him I am so sorry for this. This movie, oh, oh, there are bad movies like Troll Two, and The Room that are fun and entertaining because they're so bad. This one made me want to hurt myself. Oh yeah, this 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 is the kind of movie why we this movie kind of movie is why we do worst of the year lists. It's not a reason and an excuse just for us to get out and sharpen our knives and make fun of filmmakers who are putting their heart and soul into movies. It's because some of these movies truly hurt and they're crap and need to be not seen by anyone. This is our this is our warning list for 2010. Can you tell I feel a little strongly about this movie? Yeah, yeah. Just a bit. I'll, yeah. I'll bring down the energy level a bit with my number one and choice. And what is your number two number one? That would be Iron Man 2. Ooh. Truly the most boring film I have seen all year. I thought this movie was, I like, I wanted to take a nap while watching it. It's an entire movie of exposition and talking about what's going to happen in the next movie. And even though it has all these things going on, it is still a fundamentally lazy film. And that it, it thinks it's like, you know, we got Robert Downey Jr. It's going to be entertaining. And... Even when the action kicks in, I was like just so bored, and it's so workmanlike, and there's like no like it employs like some shit I hate, like a freaking kid dressed as Iron Man when a missile's about to hit him, and oh, oh, I yeah, this movie it makes it makes me a lot less excited for the Avengers. Well, now and you know that that Favreau is no longer doing Iron Man three. And I, from what I hear, a lot. Well, I think he got hosed on this. Yeah, yeah. So he, got, he got hosed on this movie. And that's the word going around is that he was rushed so much into making this movie, he didn't wasn't able to take the time like he was on the first film. And so I will, I will absolutely admit, in hindsight, it is absolutely a an inferior film to the first one by a long shot. I still had a good time. I don't hate it as much as you did, but it obviously did not strike a chord with you, or it struck all the wrong ones. <laughs> Again, if it just weren't so boring, like I, it's actually kind of amazing that like it got released. Like they saw the script and like, yep, 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 yep. Okay, good. Like I can't imagine. Can you imagine being like a kid and watching that movie? I would like be running around the theater. You know, what, if I were a parent, I'd let my kid run around the theater because <laughs> watching would be more entertaining than watching him say, "The suit I have to build has the heart," which. If you join the Avengers, well, oh, God. <laughs> All right, then. I think the movie made me like Robert Downey Jr. less, too. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's, that movie has to be truly bad to hit that point for you. Damn. All right. Well, uh, are there, were there any honorable mentions that you wanted to bring up at all? Or, or dishonorable mentions? Uh, well, there's some things, like, I just, there's a lot of bad movies I just avoided, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, there's, like, one, like, I, I've heard Beautiful. I've heard, like, some people say, oh, it's a great film, but I've heard a lot of people say it really is just, like, two and a half hours of misery porn of Javier Bardem eating cereal. So I haven't, you know, we'll see how that is when I get to see it. But, yeah, I just, I just skipped a lot of bad movies. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, there there are some critics out there who go out of their way to find the truly craptastic ones, and I think we're the kind of guys who generally don't. Now, at the end of the year, kind of for fun, we're done. We need we're done watching all the really good movies. We want something kind of as a palate cleanser to kind of get us ready for this year. But for the most part, we try to avoid the crap. I have to say too. I think watching a film in a theater makes it a lot worse because when you're watching at home like a lot of these movies i watch at home honestly i was just like surfing the internet while they were playing yeah or cleaning my room or something like when you prefer to clean than watch a movie that's not a good sign yeah i'm just saying okay well well, let us know what your worst movies of the year were i'm I'm curious to see what other people think if if there are more iron man 2-esque nominations out there or some bad ones that you know like marmaduke that we just all avoided Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to what is coming out in theaters this week. Uh, we have got uh, The Dilemma, which looks like the return to crap uh, for, for the, the, the winter seasons. We have got Ongbok 3 coming out in limited release, which has got nothing but awful, awful word. And then we've got The Green Hornet. Hello. How are you, you feeling about this one, Dave? I'm, I've been hopeful. I've been expecting crap. I'm going to go next weekend for sure because it's, it's Michelle Gondry. I have to see it. And the reviews I've been reading recently have been like, it really doesn't suck. It's a pretty stinking fun movie. Have any of the reviews though mentioned the 3D? I'm curious about the 3D because I heard one pre- person say that the conversion was actually pretty good. So I'm just I'm curious about that. I've heard that too, and apparently what the the theory is is that when you aren't going to try to do post production 3D conversion for like a month before it comes out, and you actually have the time to do it properly, then it can turn out okay. I, I guess we're going to find out next week. I, I'm betting that'll be a pretty interesting topic of discussion before we get to our top tens. Yeah. So, cool. And then DVD, uh, home video next week. That's really how I'll put it. Uh, we've got Justified Season 1. We've got Takers coming to Blu-ray and DVD. What is a... Wait, isn't Chris Brown in Takers? I think so, yeah. I thought that was so funny that he was just displayed prominently on the poster. It's like... Not hitting women in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, a, a, a little film that, that our UK correspondent Jack Gregson adored. I saw it, and I was blown away quite a bit by it, too. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Buried is coming. Good flick? It is. It is. I'm sure I might. I don't know. Uh, now nah, I probably won't be talking about that next week, but we'll, we'll have to talk about it at some point. Uh, then we've also got Freakonomics, uh, Animal Kingdom, Death Race 2. Oh, yeah. That actually probably should have been a crap title of the week, but I didn't put one together. Oh, well. Uh, we've got a couple sh- uh, of Criterion Blu-rays coming out. We've got the cr- Naked Kiss as well as Shot Quarter. Fuck you! Sorry. <laughs> That's Big okay. Big Sam Fuller fan. That's okay. It's, it's all good. It's all good. And then finally, for, for children of the 80s and somewhat of the 90s, we've got Hey Vern, It's Ernest, The Complete Series. That's right. Ernest P. World's Saturday Morning Cartoon Show. It was awesome. So if you got the Ernest movies, you need to get this too, just for the completionist in you. I was a fan back in the day. Oh, yes. I shed a tear when I found out he passed away. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, it was kind of weird watching um, Toy Story 3 and having Jim Varney not doing the voice of Slinky. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, Mel Gibson did a decent job, but... <laughs> what? Are you getting busted over there, Ethan? I hear sirens. No, that's outside. There's probably someone. Montreal's a big crime city. There's probably some drug deal going on. All in French, right? Yeah. All right, there it is. Cool. All right, well, if you want to shoot us an email, we don't have any this week, but that's okay. Everyone's on holidays and stuff. 
If you'd like to shoot us some emails, by all means do. You can hit us at podcast, Ethan, Dave, or Barry, all at ScreenGeeks.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, which I didn't realize the number was down, so I feel like a complete jerk. But it's back up and running again. You can give us a call at 719-358-2765. And I guess that'll kind of do it this week. Next week we're going to talk about our best movies of the year. Barry should be back. It should be fun. And uh, yeah, so until then, this is Dave. This is Ethan. Take it easy.